everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Gin and Beer. I am your host, Meg, and today I am so excited to be joined once again by Kiara. Hello, Kiara. Hi, Meg. Thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. I am so excited to be back. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. So for those of you who might not remember, Kiara was on Gin and Beer not too, too long ago um, to discuss the gin and soda, the gin Ricky. Um, we had so much fun. And Kiara is host of the Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music podcast, which is incredible. I guested on that to talk about AM by the Arctic Monkeys, which was one of my favorite podcast guest experiences I've had. It was so much fun. So definitely Aww. check that out. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on again, Kiara. I feel like we have so much fun podcasting together. So I'm glad that we we got to do this again. Oh my gosh. Me too, girl. Me too. And I have to say um, off the Arctic Monkeys thing, like, I don't know about you, but since we did that episode, I've been like hearing Arctic music, Arctic Monkeys music, like everywhere. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. It's one of those like sensations, you know, when you're thinking about buying a car and you're like, oh, I think I'm gonna get this car. And then you see it on the street everywhere. It was like that, but with Arctic Monkeys, literally since we've done it, I just couldn't, I can't stop listening to them and I hear them everywhere. Yeah, I've, I definitely went through a huge like resurgence of listening to them at, like, well, right before we recorded it because I was like doing some research and then for weeks afterwards, but also I kind of agree with you and I don't know if this is because of like the really cool and intelligent yet terrifying algorithm on tiktok but like my tiktok <laughs> definitely now knows that i'm a huge arctic monkeys fan like after recording that i don't know if it's because it's you know my phone's listening to me or or what or if like it's something about my search history but yeah i definitely experienced the same thing <laughs> but it's so great i feel like that's what that's what's so fun about doing the podcast right is like going back to these albums that we used to listen to so often and it was so fun to just talk about it with you and talk about our love for alex turner it was just yeah it was such a fun time and i had i had the best time oh, and uh, so i'm did just I. cannot say enough nice things about your podcast your podcast is one of my favorites and i'm just stoked to be day drinking right now <laughs> oh, thank you so much so speaking of day drinking what drink have you chosen for today's episode for today's episode, I have chosen the uh, one of, what I think is the most idyllic drink for a summer day, which is the Aperol Spritz. Excellent, excellent choice. I absolutely love it. One of my favorites. Why have you chosen the Aperol Spritz? So I feel like I chose the Aperol Spritz because with things starting to open up here in Toronto, we've been in a very, very long haul of a lockdown, um, multiple you know, closures and then reopenings and then closures again and reopenings. And now that it's summer and I feel like we're in a good spot, we've made a lot of progress with our vaccines, I finally feel like I can have a real summer this year. Last summer felt like I missed out, but the Aperol Spritz is my true summer drink. It's like I make it for myself. I have it on the balcony. I order it at restaurants or patios, whatever it is. It just reminds me of like, hot weather in the city out with friends having a good time it's light it's refreshing it's always just like beautiful when it's served ice cold it's bubbly with the champagne it like gives me all of the summer feelings that i need and uh so with everything you know finally looking up and seeing that glimmer of hope into the life that we might get back to uh that's why i've chosen this drink to drink today that was a very beautiful description, and I completely agree, completely echo it. It is it is just the quintessential summer beverage, I would say. For those of you who um, haven't had an Aperol spritz before or just have never made one for yourself, um, I think the standard recipe is just equal parts Aperol and Prosecco um, topped with, with soda water. Um, 
It's one of those drinks where I I have a friend in London who is Italian, um, and I've actually like visited Italy with him. Um, and he always like if he has house parties and stuff, he makes he makes Aperol spritzes. That's kind of his thing. Um, and I think it's it's definitely one of my favorite drinks. It's so easy to make, but it's also like very easy to mess up if you don't get the ratio right. Um, and I feel like Gabriele, my friend, um, the way that he and you know anyone Italian that I've ever spoken to has just said, um, you know, the important thing is that like it is meant to be at like equal parts Aperol and Prosecco and just a splash of soda on top, which is very easy to do yourself. But I've noticed sometimes in London, they can go really hard on the, on the soda water um, and yeah. maybe not so hard on the other ingredients. And it's not bad. Um, but yeah, I would say if you're going to try making it at home, that's my only advice is just like make sure you get enough Aperol and Prosecco in there and then just a little bit of soda water on top and a slice of orange tops it off. And yeah, if, if you do that, it's pretty much perfection. <laughs> I totally agree. I don't have any garnish on mine today and it looks really sad without a garnish, but usually when you order it at restaurants or whatever it comes with, yeah, the slice of orange, like, or like a orange wheel on the side. Mm-hmm. And it's just so beautiful. I've also seen a lot of places in Toronto do like, um, they'll call it like an Aperol crush. Mm-hmm. So it'll be kind of like a slushy version Ooh, of yeah. an Aperol spritz, which is so, so good. Perfect for like a sweltering day, which we have many as some people might not believe in Canada that we have like very sweltering days, but we do. Yeah. The sun comes out in the summer. So it's perfect if you're just like sweating your ass off. Um, but I will say too, on the, the note of the soda, I'm glad you brought that up because with mine, I feel like I've overdone the soda thing oftentimes because I'm like, okay, so equal parts, Aperol, mm-hmm. Prosecco, and then I'll add way too much soda. And then I water it down and I'm like, well, this doesn't taste good. Sometimes I just skip the middleman and just don't include the soda. And I'm wondering if that's barbaric, but like sometimes it tastes better without it. I don't necessarily think that is. I think it like, I I think it, and maybe this is me just chatting absolute shit, but I think it might actually kind of have to do with the sort of glass that you have because like, I, I, I kind of believe that you really only need the soda to like fill up the glass. But if you have a glass and you have enough ice and the Aperol and Prosecco fill up the ga- the glass. I feel like I agree with you that the the soda water isn't necessarily required. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that and it is like I mean, if you're making any drink at home, make it to your personal preference. But that's just one of the things that I've kind of discovered in London, especially if I order like pretty much everywhere in the summertime in London serves Aperol spritzes. I'd be curious yeah. to to hear if Toronto's the same. Um, but I feel like if you get it in a pub or somewhere where you know it's not necessarily their specialty, that's where. Or if you know they're just being cheap, I feel like you get you get a lot of a lot of soda water. Yeah, I agree. And I I would I would echo the same in in Toronto as it is in London. Like any patio you go to in Toronto, like right now only patios are open for us with COVID restrictions, so you can't dine indoors. So everyone's got a version of yep. the Aperol that uh, the Aperol spritz that they're serving you and they can get away with charging you like $14 for yeah. it because you're on a patio and it's Toronto and it's downtown. So um, I mean, it's definitely more cost efficient to make it at home. And I feel like it's not really one that like, like you said, it's an easy cocktail to make. Like you have to, you have to buy the Prosecco, yeah. but my like life hack to this Prosecco thing. Cause I know you were telling me earlier that you didn't want to open up a bottle of Prosecco today, which is like totally valid because yeah. it just goes flat and then you can't drink it. Um, mini bottles of champagne. Yes. Life changing yeah. for the Aperol spritz life changing because then I'm like, Oh my God, I use like one little bottle is like two Aperol spritz. Yeah. And then I'm like, good. I don't have to worry about just like downing a whole bottle of Prosecco because I don't want it to go bad. No, that's such a good point. I wish I had the forethought to think about that. Um, But yeah, no, I also, 
at this point, I was not always like this, but I and I can't remember if I've either mentioned this to you just when we've been chatting or on one of our actual episodes, but I have really gone off of Prosecco in the last oh. like two years. Um, it just makes me feel horrific. Like it is <laughs> like, it, like it is like, first of all, okay, <clears throat> this is getting slightly off topic, but like, first of all, I am not one of those people that subscribes to the idea that certain alcohols make you behave certain ways. I think that's bullshit. Like, people, they're like, oh, tequila makes me so slutty. I'm like, yeah. No, I think it just makes you drunk. Like, and then, no, Brenda. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But I will say, like, I don't think that this, anything in Prosecco makes me behave a certain way, but I think it hits me in such a way that I get really, really drunk in like a not fun way. That's the first right. problem. And then the second problem is just the hangovers. Like, Basically, beer hangovers give me a bad tummy. Wine hangovers give me a bad head. Prosecco hangovers give me both. <laughs> I think it's because Ooh. of the fizz. Um, I went through a period where I was like, I will no longer touch it. As, like, I, I won't go anywhere near it. I've now learned, like, it's absolutely fine in small quantities. So in an Aperol spritz, like, I've never... First of all, I th- as well, like, I think Aperol spritz, I mean, one of the reasons why they're such a good summer drink is because they're not super high alcohol. Um, oh, yeah. I actually can't remember off the top of my head what the AVB- ABV of Aperol is, but I don't think it's that high. I think it's probably 20-something. It's um, low, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, Prosecco is boozy, but it's such a small quantity. Um, and then, obviously, you've got the soda water. So, I've never had a problem with Prosecco and Aperol spritz. Like, it doesn't give me a headache. Um, and then recently, I've kind of, you know, if you go over to someone's house and they offer you a glass of Prosecco, you feel a bit rude being like, no, I don't drink Prosecco. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I found, like, one or two glasses is absolutely fine. So I'm a bit less, like, intense about it as I was when I first thought that we were just enemies. Um, you know, we've we've come to an agreement, me and Prosecco. But, yeah, um, yeah I just think um, – I actually don't know – really where I was going with this rant um but I think <laughs> but it probably kept you away from the Prosecco for yeah, a while yeah yeah no I think um but yeah I think yeah for basically long story short um what I was trying to say is that Aperol is like the one drink that you know it has Prosecco in it and I'm but I'm still happy to like it doesn't it doesn't bother me it's fine um and yeah. that it it's because it's so refreshing um I think it's also like I think Aperol has a very it is kind of a bitter kind of a Maroi type liqueur. Um it's definitely got that like grapefruit flavor to it, but yeah. Prosecco tends to be sweet enough that I feel like for most people, I I definitely have friends and stuff that aren't super big fans of Aperol spritz, but I feel like it's palatable for most people because it I totally agree. Out. I totally agree. I feel like if you think about like any of the champagne based cocktails I do think this one is the most palatable I, I, yeah. I literally fully echo what you're saying because if you think of something like a like a French 75 mm-hmm. which is I think it's like gin lemon juice and champagne yeah maybe yeah um, and those I mean like champagne's dangerous on any account like yeah. I think anyone would also identify with what you're saying where it's like you you feel like you're invincible when you drink a glass of champagne you're like I can have more than one yeah. and then yeah. like you know two hours later you're like boozy yeah um but with like a French 75 I feel like it's like a lot more of an acquired taste versus the Aperol the bitterness definitely like when I was just like looking up like research and researching the Aperol spritz like I didn't know that there was like flavors of like rhubarb in there I, said, as well. I literally found that when I was researching as well yeah Cause I was like, Oh, the, like, I didn't realize that the whole, um, recipe behind Aperol was so secret. Like, it's they've completely never released, secret. Like, 
what's yeah. in it, which I guess makes sense, right? Because they're literally bottling gold and selling it to I us. I know, I know. Um, but hearing that there was rhubarb, I was like, you know what? That totally makes sense. And then, yeah, to have the Prosecco balances out the bitterness of the actual cocktail. And then everything just fizzes and it's just wonderful and tasty. And uh, yeah, and and I love it. But it's like, I'd rather serve people, I think, a version of an Aperol spritz than I would with something like a French 75 because it's it's a little bit more harsh. I oh think, yeah. On the, yeah. No. And I, I love a French 75, but like my boyfriend and I made them on Valentine's day. Cause we treated ourselves to a nice bottle of champagne. And Ooh. I like, I mean, like I like blacked out on Valentine's day, <laughs> but it, but it, I mean, it is like, it is a champagne drink, you know, it's got like a full serve of gin in it. And then, you know, one of the things that I've learned about sparkling wine um, is that the bubbles actually make the alcohol hit your bloodstream faster. It's something about the carbonation. It has some sort of effect on how you metabolize, which is why you get that with bubbly. Um, so yeah, you, you put gin, I mean, it's basically a gin and tonic with champagne instead of tonic. Yeah. Yeah. It is like, it is absolutely lethal. And I probably had like one or two of those. And then, um, I woke up like in my clothes, you know, same clothes the next day with like an eyelash <laughs> hanging off. So, um, it was, it was a great Valentine's day, but, um, I was going to yeah. say it sounds like a successful Valentine's day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was great in the sense that it was fun, but like my boyfriend, I don't think got that drunk. So I think like he, the next morning he was just like, yeah, you were in bed by like 9 PM. Oh, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> no, but it was, it was still a, a good time. But actually what you were saying about the rhubarb is a really good segue because I was I was reading the same thing that I also didn't know um, just into like the history of the Aperol spritz. So um, in terms of spritzes, um, you know, Aperol, I don't think was it didn't come to be until 1919. But spritzes have been a thing in Italy for quite a long time. The article that I read, um, interestingly, says that they originated kind of in the 19th century um, in the Veneto region of northern Italy when that was controlled by the Austro, um, Austro-Hungarian Empire um, because basically apparently soldiers and other visitors to that region of Italy found Italian wine um, too strong. So they decided to water it down basically. I think they first started watering it down with just water um, and then and then soda water kind of came later. Um, and then it was two brothers who – invented they inherited their father's liquor company in 1912 and then they came up with aperol um which is inspired by the french term for aperitif which is apero and as you said the recipe is a huge secret um but we do know that there are bitter and sweet oranges in it as well as rhubarb so yeah hit the nail on the head there um and then yeah from there it just kind of grew grew in popularity. Um, and then I think it was in the fifties that the official Aperol spritz kind of concept came to be. Um, and it was a huge hit in Italy because Italy, for those of you who have not visited Italy, um, I think I actually spoke about this in the podcast with Emily last week, but Italy has this aperitivo culture where everyone kind of goes out after work and has a drink. And if you go to Italy, um, you can basically go to any like bar or restaurant and you can order an Aperol spritz or, you know, whatever drink of your choice and a long, yeah, and a perfect. Yeah. And they will bring you all of this free food. And like, it kind of varies in which place you go to, like some places it'll just be some nuts or olives, which is great. Some places, like I went to this place in Milan um, and 
to be fair, I feel like this is kind of reflected in the price because I honestly think an Aperol spritz there was probably like 20 euros. It was very expensive. (laughs) But you got, I mean, it was like enough to be a meal. It was like little sandwiches and bruschetta and all of these different things. And then if you order another drink, you get a whole other round of these things. It it is the best concept ever. And you sit in the sun. Um, Absolutely my favorite thing about Italian culture. And the Aperol Spritz is perfect for that because it's light. Um, It, you know, it kind of cleanses your palate before you go for a meal and it's like not super high in alcohol content. So you're not going to get super shit faced. Honestly, the Italians do it right. Like, they I do. feel like we need to implement this whole aperitivo lifestyle into North America because let me tell you, the amount of times where it's like 4 p.m. and like I'm on a work call and I'm like, oh, I could really use a drink right yeah. now. But I'm on a work call till like 5 or 5.30. Like, it should just be mandated that everyone's allowed to have a drink because it'll like loosen you up. You can have a little bit of a snack. You can not feel as hangry as you maybe were previously feeling on this like stupid, whatever work call you're on. Right. Um, they literally just do everything right between the gelato and all the carbs and all the bread and all the pasta and all the booze and just like sitting out in the sun and like CS does like they literally, they're living my life. They're living the life that I want to live. I know they really are. And it's also just like, you know, cause you know, like the U S and the UK, I feel like there's like this concept of happy hour. But first of all, like happy hour is not as ingrained in the culture in either countries that I've lived in as much as aperitivo is in Italy. And also like, I I think one of the reasons why it's not ingrained in the culture is because I remember like back when we were going into the office, you know, there were all of these pubs around our office or like nice bars that had these amazing happy hours where it was like two for one gin and tonics or like half price glasses of champagne. But the happy hour was like, four to five. And I was like, none of these finance firms around here, people are getting off work at four o'clock to go take advantage of this happy hour. Like you literally had to have the day off to even enjoy it. Whereas in Italy, yeah, it is like this thing that everyone does. Um, no, I can, I completely agree. It's absolutely fantastic. Every time I drink an Aperol spritz, I just think of like, this is like a really random connection, but I just like feel like it connects me to like yacht life, like mm-hmm. li- like being on a yacht, like somewhere on like the coast of Italy. Like I'm a rich woman. I'm tanned. I'm thin. I'm wearing a white bikini and I have an Aperol spritz in my hand. That's literally what I think of every time I drink an Aperol yeah. spritz. Yeah. It just like transports you. That's to, the vibe. I completely it's the agree. Vibe. Yeah. It's the vibe. And I, I absolutely live for it. And I feel like we need more of that in our everyday, even if it's just for, you know, between the hours of four to six yeah. on a Wednesday. Yeah. I would love more of that in my life. Yeah. I feel like it would be really good for mental health. Um, and kind of also <laughs> genuinely going along with what, um, with what you were saying about, about, um, Toronto right now and all the terraces having it. Another interesting thing, both that I was reading about the history of Aperol spritz, um, but that I've also like massively picked up on in the UK is basically um, Aperol was bought by the Campari group, I think in the early 2000s. And I think they just absolutely pumped money into marketing. Like, I think that's basically what they invest in the most. Um, and so in London, it struck me as soon as I moved here, but like a lot of pubs will have like a, like an, a a specific like bar for Aperol spritz with like, you know, a big like Aperol spritz sign or, you know, like bunting, um, they'll, or these pubs will like really advertise that they have Aperol spritz. Um, I remember one time I was somewhere with my parents, 
I want to say it is somewhere in Europe. Um, it might have been Prague. And we were sitting having a drink in the sun. And the pub had this, like, I've never seen a bigger bottle of Aperol just, like, on display to kind of adver- advertise their Aperol spritz. Um, so I think that that's why it's become so prominent. Um, and I think they do that in some of the, you know, places like the U.S. or Canada or the U.K. that it's not necessarily ingrained in the culture the way it is in Italy and, you know, France and places like that. Um, they've really invested a lot in marketing. And I think it's definitely worked. <laughs> Oh yeah. I feel like the, the patios just put the marketing out there because they know like, you know, like meet myself being a white girl. Like I know that I'm, I see it and I'm yep. like, Oh, well may as well. The, this is my I place. See, yeah. Yeah. This is my place. This is where I'm supposed to be on a Saturday afternoon. Like it's very, unfortunately I think it has become, it, it's gotten a reputation a little bit of kind of the basic white girl drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Like I, I don't even take offense when people say that I'm like, yeah, you know what? It probably is, but it's fucking delicious. So I have no regrets about ordering this on yeah. the patio right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you remember the first Aperol spritz that you ever had? I do actually. I was thinking about this when I was prepping for for today. My first Aperol spritz came um, when a friend of mine introduced me to them. She had come over. I had actually just moved to Toronto and it was like my first summer in the city. And uh, she came over and she was like, have you ever had an Aperol spritz before? I was like, no, this was like 2019. So it wasn't even that long Mm -hmm. ago. Like I was late to the game on this. Um, But she came over, she brought all the ingredients. She's like, look, I'm bringing like a huge bag of ice. I'm bringing the Prosecco. I'm bringing the Aperol. Do you have, can you get soda water? And like, we'll be good. I was like, sure. I don't know if I'm going to like it, but whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, I have at my apartment before I, you know, like I, I hadn't like fully, I had moved in, but like, I didn't have like everything, you know, like it yeah, takes you like yeah. a good six months to like collect everything you need when Definitely. you first move into a new place. So I, the only glasses I had were these like giant fishbowl, like wine glasses. They're the ones that fit like a whole bottle of wine in there. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. So those are the only ones I had. I had two of them. And she's like, we're going to make like big ass Aperol spritzes in these giant glasses because that's all you have. I was like, cool, like, let's do it. And I remember trying it and it was kind of like the, it was kind of like the kombucha girl experience of like drinking Aperol. Cause like, <laughs> I love that. I tried it. No, but like, you know, when you try it, yeah. you're like, mm, no, well, yeah, like that was literally me. Cause it is so bitter. Yeah. But then you like, you, you taste it and you're like, wait a minute, but that's actually good. And you take another sip and you're like, mm, no, well, like it's just, you go back and forth so often. And, uh, probably about halfway through that drink, I was like, wow, this is, this is quite good. And I just remember this is my friend Madison. I remember I sat with my friend Madison on my balcony. We like had a great chat. And then my other friend Angeline ended up coming over. We made her an Aperol spritz. We had a time, like it was just, it, it also lives as just a, a really fun memory with like two of my great friends. That's the best. In my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it took me a while, I think to, to, uh, actually start making them for myself, but now I always have a bottle of Aperol just like ready to go mm-hmm. just in case. No, I love that. I no, I completely agree. Um, I think as well part of the problem with Aperol, especially if you're not as much of a drinks enthusiast as you and I are, is that like when the drink is is served to you, it's such a beautiful drink. But like if I erase everything that I know about Aperol spritz from my brain, you look at it and that looks like that's going to be like a sweet, fruity yeah. kind of drink. Um, and so I definitely think there's that initial shock of the of the kind of bitter grapefruit sort of flavors for sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, because I like I know lots of people um, like I have a friend who absolutely loves Prosecco, um, like she'll, you know, even just going out for dinner, like that's the glass of wine that she she reaches for. It cannot stand Aperol Spritz because it's just too, <laughs> too bitter for her, which is fair enough. But, um, yeah, I think I mean, I'm, I'm not 100. I wouldn't bet my life on this, but I'm fairly certain, actually, that the first Aperol Spritz I ever had was in London 
right after I moved here, um, I was going to Dublin for my birthday with a friend. And before we headed to, it was after work on a Friday. And before we headed to the airport together, we went to the pub cause we all, we worked together and we headed to the pub with our coworkers. And like I said, the pub just had, they were really going in hard cause this was in August on April spritz. And I tried it and I, I don't have enough. I, I know I liked it. I don't have enough memory of, of if I, if I also had the kombucha girl experience, it's highly likely that I did. Um, but yeah, then I have I I definitely drank. I've had a lot of them just in Italy. Um and that's just like you say, you just you really can't top it to be honest. It's the best. No. I'm jealous that you've had it in Italy. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it, it is an experience that everyone deserves to have. Um and they just it, that that's another anecdotal story. Um my boyfriend and I our first ever like proper trip together was to Italy um to like that Veneto region where spritzes kind of originated and right. w- it was just over Easter so we were just there for a long weekend and we really went in hard on the the aperitivo thing like I mean I think we had more just like nuts and olives and bread than like actual meals but it was amazing um but then we got home and London was also in the middle of like a heat wave. Um, so, you know, you get back from a trip. It was a it was Monday. Like we had work the next day. But we're like, oh, we're not just going to sit inside and feel sorry for ourselves. if It's sunny out in London. So we went to the pub and it, again, pub was going in really hard with the marketing, the Aperol spritz. But this is the one where I think the problem was a the pub massively, massively watered down the Aperol spritz. But B we'd just been drinking them in Italy all weekend. And it was like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> we weren't going to yeah. get one that was going to taste as good as it did at Lake Garda. Um, oh. But yeah, you'll get it's there, the perfect- Kira. <laughs> you'll it, get there. <laughs> I will get there one day. Once the, one, honestly, once the travel ban is lifted and because I've only been to Italy like as a child, like yeah. I was 12 when I went to Italy. So obviously I wasn't going and drinking yeah. Aperol spritzes, right? But it's been on my like bucket list of items to just go. And like, I really want to go to like, you know, I want to go back to Venice. Like I haven't been to Venice since I was a kid. Um, but I also want to do like the Amalfi Coast, yep. like, pre- yeah. like just all these places I feel like I have in my mind. And I was, well, I was telling you before we started the call, I was like, London is also on my list to come back to. Like I need I to go back to the UK. To visit. Yeah. I am so excited. I'm ready to stay in the friends themed guest room. <laughs> it is waiting so for you. Excited. It will be a lot cleaner than it is right now. I promise. But yeah, um, <laughs> no, totally, totally. I think that, um, I think like it, it all ties in very well with just your choice of the Aperol spritz in general, but it, the Aperol spritz for me as well as like, it's a drink I associate with travel. And even, even if you're, even if you're not traveling, if you're staying in Toronto, it's that kind of like escapism feeling of, yeah. you know, on a terrace and you just, you don't, you're not like, you're not drinking an Aperol spritz, like, you know, while you're working, like, it, it's just, it's a drink that you associate with like relaxation and kind of switching off from everything else. And I think that's, that's one of the things I really love about it. I totally agree. I did want to ask you a question going back to this whole Campari group thing. What's your, what's your feeling on the Negroni? Cause I feel like there's like two schools of thought. There's the Aperol people and there's the Campari people. So I like, but the Negroni is probably my favorite drink. Um, it, my favorite cocktail in general, um, with like a Manhattan being a very, probably even like tied in first place. Um, but I absolutely love a Negroni. Um, so yeah, I think I like, I, I think I like Aperol and Campari. W- one of the things that my boyfriend and I picked up on in our travels, like we were very, very fortunate to get to Greece last year in like a very small window in the pandemic when you could do that. Um, 
And I think we talked about this on our, like, what we drank in Santorini episode, but where I think when you go to a really touristy place, um, you can fall into some traps, especially when it comes to like cocktails. Um, so like in Santorini specifically, when we first got there, I was really blown away by the cocktail menus that like every restaurant had, like they had Mai Tais. And like, when you first look at it, you're like, I'm in heaven. And then you order one and you're like, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, Cause this is some sort of like horrible pre-made mix. And so yeah. we, we got, uh, it, this is not to knock on Santorini. Like that was the best vacation I've ever been on in my life. Such a wonderful place. People in Greece are so lovely. Um, so it was wonderful, but I just, we got burned a couple of times with cocktails um, and we actually, whenever we didn't fancy wine, we got into the habit of ordering Campari tonics. Um, oh. and that was like this little life hack that we kind of discovered because the beauty of ordering a Campari tonic is that you basically know, unless they give you some sort of horrible tonic water that's been flat or something, you basically know exactly what you're getting. Um, because it, you know, you order a gin and tonic, you don't know what gin you're getting. Um, yeah. and in Greece, gin is, is really expensive because it's obviously fully imported. Um, right. Campari, not expensive. You know exactly what you're getting because there's only one Campari, yeah. and then tonic water, and it's really, ref- it, it, you know, it's it's just like a bit more of a bitter Aperol spritz. Um, and and you know, I lo- like I love an Aperol spritz, but we would just get those either if the place didn't have Aperol spritz or because Aperol spritz I think is considered more of a cocktail. It's not necessarily just like a two part mixed drink. They tend to be right. like you said, more expensive. Um, so yeah, but I I think I like both. Um, I think I don't know. I feel like Aperol is kind of a good stepping stone to Campari for people who are a bit afraid of of bitterness. Um, but I I like playing around with both of them. That's for sure. They're both really good in cocktails. See, so I thought Aperol would be a good like training wheel exercise for me to step into a Negroni. Mm-hmm. After I saw Stanley Tucci making the video. Of- <laughs> Of him making a Negroni for his wife. Like, I think it's Emily Blunt's sister, Felicity Blunt, and I'm obsessed with them. Um, I saw that video and I was like, I like went out to buy Campari like the next day. I was like, I need this in my life. But I'd never had Campari before. And I I cannot, I can't do it. I did not like it. I I was like, yeah, like I I took a sip. I was like, nope. It it is an acquired taste. Um, And like, you know, my, my dad is the king of Manhattans and Manhattans are not, you know, a wussy drink like that. Like I went out with my friend on Friday night and we went to this cocktail bar and I ordered a Manhattan and she had originally ordered another drink and she's like, actually, no, can I get a Manhattan like hers? And I was like, are you sure? Cause she, you know, you know, she likes to drink, but I, I was just like, if you've not had a Manhattan and I think she enjoyed it, but she kept making the face. Like it was like knocking her socks off. Cause it is kind of an old man drink. Like it's very yeah. boozy. Um, yeah. so my dad does not have like, a childish palate, but he cannot do anything grapefruity. So like Campari, Aperol, like he, ju- it just, when I say cannot do it, he just doesn't enjoy it. Um, it's just not. So it's an acquired taste, but I feel like some people struggle to acquire it. Um, yeah. the Tiki bar that is near my flat actually does a rum Negroni with Aperol instead of Campari. So that might be something oh. you'd like if you did. Yeah. Um, so I would just do equal parts, um, rum, Aperol and sweet vermouth, um, oh, might I be worth do. trying. Yeah. 
Um, well, put it on the list when I come visit you, Meg. Yeah, absolutely. Put it on the schedule. <laughs> we, yeah, we'll do that. That'll be our first stop. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure it would be a very wild London tour. I can't wait. I think so. What well, are you kidding? Two people with booze-related podcasts I know, I know. just like <laughs> drinking our way through London. But that's oh, the greatest thing is that it's field research because we both have booze-related podcasts. I love that. So. <laughs> field research. It's all for the brand. It's, it's all, all for, for the, the brand. brand. Um. I highly, highly doubt it. But just out of curiosity, is PIMS, like PIMS and lemonade, is that much of a thing in Canada? Is it? Not at all. Not at all. So I only had PIMS when I was studying in the UK yeah. and it was the greatest thing I'd yeah. ever had. I was a live when I was living there. Like, I mean, keep in mind when I was in the UK, I was like 21, but I was like, this was my drink. Yeah. I was like obsessed getting like going and stopping in at the, like the Tesco and getting some, you can get PIMS at Tesco. Yeah. Right? yeah. You guys yeah. sell booze at Tesco. Yeah. yeah. So I would go in, get my PIMS, get my lemonade. Like that was the dream. And then coming back here and not having it was probably the hardest acclimation back into Canadian society that I had was yeah. the lack of PIMS. So it's the same in like, so in America, in Benny's, which is like our big, you know, liquor store chain, you can buy PIMS. Um, I've been to a couple, like I know I had a PIMS on my 21st birthday in New York, actually, but it was like a PIMS cup. So it was like a nice cocktail made with like pims and ginger beer it wasn't like when you order a pims in london it is it is pims liqueur and lemonade which lemonade is sparkling lemon um it's not lemonade as like americans know it um it's it's, it's like basically you make where it's like half a bag of sugar exactly like, yeah. Le- yeah so when when british people say lemonade they basically mean sprite except it's not lemon lime it's just lemon um that <laughs> i i say that not to be condescending to people but because it took me a while to figure that out i was very confused <laughs> um it's actually good to know i probably didn't even realize that when i was over there but that actually makes a whole lot of sense yeah yeah exactly um because i just they're like oh it's pims and lemonade and i was like but lemonade shouldn't be fizzy like i was very confused um but the reason why I asked you that is because interestingly in London specifically every summer when when I was alluding to like the the marketing for Aperol there is always like specifically in 2016 when I moved here I think it was actually like a thing there was this battle between Pims and Aperol so like really yeah I think they they'd each just like pay out pubs to you know you you would like pubs will serve Aperol and Pims, but if they're marketing, I think it's usually one or the other. Right. Um, and yeah, I always just find it really funny. Um, and then actually this year, and I have not yet picked up a bottle, and I honestly can't really decide if I'm going to, but Pims has released something called the Pims Sundowner. Um, and it is meant to, it's their answer to Aperol. It's, it's meant to be made as like a spritz. So I'm assuming you're meant to mix it with like sparkling wine. And, and so it's meant to be like an aperitivo type thing. I don't know. Pims is another where like, I don't think you know exactly what, you know, botanicals and stuff are in it. I think they're quite secretive about it. So I have no idea what is in the sundowner. I'd love to try it if somewhere out has it. I don't know if I can be bothered buying a whole bottle in case like I don't like it. <laughs> I would um, love to try that. That's yeah. Actually, like, I'm like very like curious about this now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to, I, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll definitely let you know. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of like, like, do you have a, do you have a preference between Aperol Spritz and, and Pims? If you're, if you have the choice, obviously, if you can't get Pims in Canada, the choice is quite easy, but. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the thing. I'm like, I remember really loving Pims because yeah. Pims comes in a can, right? So yeah. So you can, you can either get it, you can get Pims the liqueur itself in a bottle that's exactly like a bottle of Aperol and then you right. mix that with lemonade or um yeah very you conveniently can. you can get the pre-mix cans and th- those are amazing those are really good 
Cause I, I think that's what's swaying me. Like, and, and don't get me wrong. I love the Aperol spritz, but I'm like, I have like very distinct memories of like being a student in the UK, like obviously being Canadian, there was so much that I needed to like engross myself yeah, in to yeah. feel like I was like part of the part of the UK. But Pim's was one of those. And like, just being able to go and like buy the can, like sit on the grass, like on like the outside. I went to um, uh, Aston Business School in Birmingham mm -hmm. and they have like this great kind of like quad area or whatever. And like, I just remember students were there like drinking Pim's, just like sitting on the grass yeah. in the sun on the very few sunny days that I experienced there. Um, and it really was just like, it, it's it's like a nostalgic thing yeah. because Aperol is like newer in my life. I guess I don't have that like really powerful nostalgic yeah. pull yet, yeah. but I have a feeling if Pim's was available here and maybe it is like, I could honestly be like, completely wrong but I haven't seen it in any liquor stores here but if it becomes available like I will be buying Pims and like Aperol will still be my Venetian escape but uh Pims is gonna be like my wild Friday night I love that yeah I feel like I feel quite similarly I mean I there's definitely a huge space in my heart for both of them I feel like what I've come to find and this is a bit niche but if I if it's something that I'm drinking at home and they're both for me like sunny <clears throat> excuse me sunny day drinks so assuming the sun is out um yeah. if it's something I'm drinking at home I'm probably going to make a pims and lemonade and the reasoning for that is because as we discussed which you obviously brought up a very nice hack of getting the small bottles of Prosecco or champagne <laughs> which I will definitely be leveraging in the very near future um but like if you know in general, like if you have more people around or whatever, Aperol is just – Aperol spritz is a bit more labor-intensive because it is like a proper mixed, yeah. you know, cocktail. And it's expensive. Aperol is not cheap. Yeah, it's expensive. Um, Pims, my issue with getting Pims out – and this obviously doesn't stop. So Pims is like the drink of horse race, like summertime horse racing. and Well, just British summertime in general. But like if you go to the races here, like Royal Ascot – that's all you drink and it is so much fun. Um, you just It's so like quintessentially British. But if I go out and get it, it's kind of the same issue I was saying with Aperol where sometimes you can just get it where – because Pims is not – is also not very boozy. I think, again, Pims is probably like 20-something percent. If right. you go to a pub where they don't put – if it's mostly lemonade, like it's just not enough alcohol. <laughs> like you're just like, why am I – you know, like I might as well just be drinking a Diet Coke. Um, yeah. <laughs> And also, you can't – I don't – I mean, I guess I've never tried, but, like, you can't you usually get, like, diet lemonade in a pub. Like, if you ask for Pim's lemonade, you're just getting regular lemonade, and regular lemonade is really sweet. I mean, like I said, it is, like, Sprite or 7-Up, whereas yeah. if I make Pim's at home, I can buy diet lemonade, and that helps it not be so sweet. Um, so that was a very long-winded way of saying that, like, if I'm out ordering something, I usually I like to order an Aperol spritz. If I'm at home making yeah. it, Pim's is super easy. Um, it's a lifelong battle between Pim's and Aperol. Really. I'm just yeah. living, like, this, this – such a you know pained challenging existence that I have yeah it's Angelina and Jennifer two. all over know, again literally how do you choose I know I know well thank you so much for coming on Kara we have such a good time together honestly I had the best time thank you for inviting me back this was so much fun and I'm so happy that I got to drink an Aperol spritz at 11 a.m my time <laughs> this is wonderful I'm always 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 happy to encourage that um so obviously you've been on the show before but do you want to just remind the listeners how to find your podcast because I could not possibly recommend it more it is fantastic especially the thank Arctic you. Monkeys episode you know shameless plug it's a good episode, <laughs> a good episode. Uh, no thank you Meg uh yeah so if you want to find the podcast we're available uh on Spotify Apple Podcasts as well as SoundCloud 
episode. Um, and if you want to follow us on social media, it's at Kiara Gets Drunk on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also send me an email if you have any suggestions for future episodes. It's kgdpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Yeah, everyone, make sure you check out Kara Gets Drunk podcast. It is an absolute delight. And Kara, I cannot wait to have you back on again as soon as possible. Oh my gosh, as soon as possible. And then who knows, maybe in person. One yes, day yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Can't you so wait. much, Meg. Thank you. 